Welcome to the Nick and Matt Show. Bringing the player interviews you want to hear and the hot topics you want to discuss. Recording live in studio, here's Nick and Matt. Wow. Welcome, everybody. Episode 124. This is the Nick and Matt Show. Hope you have a little fun with that intro. I know Nick was. He's yeah, exactly. Dollar bills. I was going to say, I'm going to need those dollar bills back by the end of the night. But we did uh, finally set up our new camera angle just to have a little fun with the intro. It almost it was all of a sudden like, oh, wait, we're actually starting now. We need to pay attention. So That's right. So episode 124, really, it's going to be a fantastic episode because the episodes where we feel like sometimes like we aren't we aren't officially to the season yet. Right, Evan? Like the season just hasn't kicked off yet. I would not say we're in the season yet. We're, we're still doing some, like, preseason or, like, wraparound or just filler preseason, whatever you want to call it. Just not the season yet. So I guess my point is these ones where you're like, come on, guys, we're so close to the season, but we're not there. These ones turn into some good content. These are the sound bites you want to hear because it's like we're just talking about mm-hmm. all different things. So um, someone's asking me if Evan's echoing and it's very possible because we've been having some issues. So let me do something really quick as some filler talk. Do, 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 do. Here we go. Three, two, one. We should be fixed. I think. Okay. So Evan, did you happen to have a chance to look on, um, ESPN the other night? Well, I think it was last night, right? I, I did not. I was actually really upset with myself. I just, <laughs> I totally blanked. And then uh, I like looked on my phone after it was over, like literally like two minutes after it was over. And all I saw was like, oh, wow, that was awesome. You know, we got to see it and whatnot. So always cool to see it happen. But I, okay. I truly can't and comment on it much Nick at all. I looked either. for it this morning, though. I looked for it this morning. I have yeah. ESPN Plus. So uh, I look in the replay stuff, but I, I think it was a different kind of content. It wasn't shown on their, uh, their watch ESPN site. So Nick didn't Hopefully. see it either. So he doesn't have much to comment on. Mm-hmm. I will say anybody in the listening audience, raise your hand if you watched it all of the on tour stuff by DGN. If you watched that, similar. Like they do the white backdrop interviews. Okay. So they had some really good interviews, players telling their story, not like, oh, on hole three, I really thought my putt was going to go in. It was more just like stories to build the character. They did that for FPO, they did that for MPO. Um, Valerie Mandahano winning Waco. They're showing the emotion, the tears. I'm playing for my, you know, my grandfather, who's like my father. And like, they were just really getting you to invest into the characters at the Pro Tour finale. And they didn't show hole by hole. They showed like feature highlight shots. Mm-hmm. I was drawn into it. I think it was the right way for an ESPN audience. My wife watched it with me. And when it wrapped up, I said, what'd you think of that? And she's like, that was really good. So if you get the chance to watch it, it's worth it. I think the disc golf commercials, like as Mm -hmm. part of regulars ESPN disc golf package. So like it looked pretty cool. LL bean. Um, they had Barbasol, you know, actual advertisements in there, which how do we get excited about advertisements, (laughs) but it's good for the sport. Yeah. I think, I mean, if the commercial is done well, it's every single year when the Super Bowl is coming around, everyone was like, Oh, I wonder what the best Super Bowl commercial is going to be. And so at times people actually do like advertisement. Now I know, not everyone does in the middle of watching a YouTube video and you get slapped with the two 15 second ads that you can't skip. It's, you know, never fun. We try but... not to do that. <laughs> yeah. Well, 
Yeah, it's a little bit more about the notoriety of having a, a quality brand uh, on the broadcast more than just you enjoy watching ads. I, I don't think anyone's like, ooh, let's see this L.O. Bean actor wear this sweatshirt. Mm-hmm. Uh, but seeing someone like L.O. Bean on Disc Golf Network's really cool. I, I know last ESPN product, there was like Chex Mix uh, as a uh, commercial. And we're like, oh, that's sweet. Like Chex Mix. <laughs> Everybody knows Chex Mix. Uh, and whether they're on this one or not, it's still, it just gives that notoriety. Hey, people who are legit companies know disc golf exists. Mm-hmm. That's right. Uh, and Johnsonville, they used that big, you know, arch, umbre- not arch umbrella, arch blow up. And uh, it said Johnsonville and they showed the players walking through like as crazy as it is seeing Barbasol as a sign at the pro tour finale and on ESPN coverage gave it credibility. It did. People are like, what? This is legit. Barbasol's like sponsoring it like you know what I mean it does do that when I watch pickleball which I'm yet to try the sport it seems entertaining and fun I can only invest in so much yeah exactly (laughs) but when I see big name Rolex or whoever like are sponsoring I'm going either this is really commercialized or it's legit and I'm not sure which it is but that probably happens to people with disc golf as well so I watched it I thought it was very enjoyable well done Good job. I, I did miss a DGN commercial. There's been some rumbling out there that it was kind of cringy or fail fail. So I, I didn't see it. Oh, I'm curious. But we'll have to go now. and check it out. If I anybody think, saw it, let us know in the chat what was bad about it. I mean, I think having those sponsors like Barbasol, Johnsonville, even LL Bean, if people that aren't disc golfers are just scrolling through ESPN and they actually see this coverage, they can see, you know, if a, if an event is sponsored by Discraft or Innovo, if you're not into disc golf, you might not have any idea who that is. And so to have something like Barbasol where, you know, people who shave consistently might be using Barbasol or like if Gillette ever came into it, um, it just kind of gives that brand awareness. And also, like you were saying, the notoriety of this being a legitimate disc golf event. You, you know what else I noticed? <clears throat> this was not promoted a lot. It was literally a week or two prior. Hey, check it out. It's on the schedule. No. Because of the chat I see coming in. That says, I don't think we should put much, uh, I missed it, but so much emphasis or what, what does it say? Where did it say that? I miss it. We shouldn't put much on this, uh, much weight. I, there I don't, yeah, I don't really think much we should put weight. much weight on ESPN broadcasts. <laughs> I finally well, got that out. And, and I want to say, if you go back and listen to all of our episodes, at some point we say that same thing. Like, this is not put your eggs in a basket and say, this is all riding on it at all. In fact, I think we're at a place where we're like, who cares? Like it's been on ESPN before. I think what it does is it exposes an audience to more of it being legitimate. That's all it does. It's not our uh, gold ticket to a better future. I do not think that. So what were you going to say, Evan? I, I totally agree with that. It's like having it be on ESPN once isn't this giant boom that's going to make millions of people come and play disc golf. Uh, it's I mean, it's the same thing about ads that we're talking about. You don't just see an ad once and be like, oh, I that's my product for life. I'm going to use that product every every day of my life. But it's it's kind of the repeated seeing it every so often. You know, disc golf has been on ESPN about once a year, maybe twice a year. And that's a great start. Maybe we get to a point where we're once a month. Maybe we're getting on other channels and people come back year after year and and see it on that one day scrolling by and it just sticks in their brain another year and then they see it more and then they hear their friends talking about they're like, oh, I saw that scrolling through the channels. Just little things like that can have a really big impact over time. And I think this is exactly that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So 
everyone has different opinions on it. Back in the day, we would have lost our minds over it being on ESPN because it was that to us. Um, I remember Nate Doss. He was the first ever to be featured on mm -hmm. ESPN, especially in the top 10. With the ace, right? Yeah, at yeah. Memorial Fountain Hills. Yeah. <clears throat> um, so anyways, I thought that was it was really well done. I, I think it was, and I think people that were watching through ESPN, again, it just exposes them to it being more legitimate than maybe they thought. Um, we, I mean, we realistically, we've seen the massive boom in disc golf take place over the last couple of years, and I, I know one of the ways that I kind of see it in my own personal life is, one, seeing these bigger sponsors finally come into the sport, and, you know, that's all thanks to the higher-ups in our sport, pushing the professional scene in that way. Um, but then also when you talk to someone, about you know what do you do for your hobby or for work and stuff like that and so if i go up to someone and i say oh yeah you know i play disc golf i travel around a decent amount over the last couple of years and i play disc golf before it was everyone always said oh you disco what what are you talking <laughs> disco, about i know and i'm like nah <laughs> like frisbee golf whatever they're oh okay but now when you say you know oh yeah i play a lot of disc golf or you know one of my cousins around here in massachusetts is a barber and he you know has people coming all the time that actually play disc golf and he's like oh do you know nick carl and they're like oh yeah we know him he you know hosts a podcast and everything and it's cool to actually see disc golf being talked about a lot more than what it used to be yes all right so wrapping that one up intern ben by the way everybody is not here did you see that i put up the overhead camera and that's not intern ben <laughs> i am intern ben tonight so i'm in the chat with you guys but i am also i'm not doing anything on the producing side that is 100 percent matt so if something fails Blame Ben. How many times can an intern call out Evan before he's fired? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I think once, right? <laughs> That's the rule. Intern Ben, if you're out there watching, um, you got to be in the comments holding yeah. it down with that Benergy. We hope you feel better. Uh, I think he is feeling better, yeah. but he's being nice to us at the show. So we'll, we'll let him do that. Um, so. Yeah, if you see anybody in the chat with Nick and Matt show, that's not intern Ben. We that were, is me. I, I did say it at the beginning that we were me tonight. Yeah, <laughs> we were joking about that. He could just act like intern yeah. Ben. Bro, I'll drink a bottle of hot sauce if we <laughs> yeah. get 500 get, likes. Get 10 likes on the video and I'll give Nick a thousand bucks. But what ben, what Nick doesn't know is we have the one chip challenge in studio. The packy or whatever it is, one chip challenge. I don't know if we, I don't think we're getting to it tonight, but it's just there. It's yeah. there just lingering to know. That at any time we could just come up with something as a punishment. No, that's that's so, for, for well, Ben, Matt, and Evan, for Matt. Yeah, <laughs> we just have the Matt cam through the whole show. Okay, Matt and Evan, we did something very very fun mm -hmm. on Saturday night. We were all involved with something incredible in the disc golf community. Now, because I all I did on that was just be a contestant. I'm gonna let Evan take over from here. Evan, what did we do Saturday night? Yeah, we had a charity trivia show. Uh, it it was a ton of fun. Uh, we uh, probably about an hour and 45 minutes of just straight trivia and people talking trivia. I mean, we had uh, Nick and Matt uh, alongside me uh, as uh, guessers. They were trivia contestants along with Tina and Eric Oakley, uh, Hunter Thomas and Trevor Staba Foundation, and Brian uh, Earhart and A.J. Risley, uh, who spoiler they ultimately took it down aj's trivia knowledge i think blew us all away but yeah like i don't want to understate how how good the trivia was from all the contestants i mean these are um some of the the most knowledgeable brains in disc golf who know so much history who all live and breathe disc golf 24 7 uh and the questions we we were making them tough and uh we were stumping uh some of these players uh, players and media who yeah. again live and breathe disc golf 24 7 but at the same time they were proving how smart they were at, uh at plenty of other times as well it was a like i had a blast uh 
a lot of work to get all those questions uh, up and running, getting all the sponsors together. Again, we we donated twenty five hundred dollars to charity. I think that needs to be said. A thousand dollars went to the winner, and they even want a little bit more uh, because of bonuses all to charity uh but i will say it there's a lot to go into it so don't expect a charity trivia show uh, next weekend or maybe in a month it'll be like maybe a once a year or twice a year kind of deal uh i think maybe more we'll see do you see uh, the scroll Evan, don't you like tra- don't you like charity though i mean this is something we should be pumping out every other week if if, if you're not up <laughs> yeah, to it you just might not like oh, charity i don't know what it is i just don't like charity yeah i only like charity like a little bit is like, that number correct time. evan on the bottom that's scrolling 2500 yeah, total. Okay, cool. Yeah. Good. I just punched yep. that and I thought that's what it was. We got our ticker nice. going on the bottom live live yeah, which is here. Which is crazy. Like that was way more than I was expecting. I was hoping to just hit a thousand total, uh, get a couple hundred bucks to four different charities, but we ended up going uh uh going a thousand dollars to the winning charity. And I think the last place finisher still donated over three hundred dollars mm-hmm. to charity, which is so cool. Like three hundred dollars like that. That's a good amount to charity. That's more than like I would ever donate as a personal person. Like that's more than I can generally afford uh, for a charity to just. I agree. I thought it was spectacular. Yeah. And kind of just speaking on the charities that we did, the winning charity ended up actually being the edge disc golf program. Spoiler. Yeah. Spoiler. Jay Yeti Redding is coming on tonight to talk more about the edge program in the sport of disc golf. And then Matt and I were representing the double G craft Cherokee children's foundation, which is just an incredible thing we've talked about in the past before. And we'll talk about more in the future. Um, Tina and Eric Oakley were representing you play disc golf, which is another outreach program in the disc golf community of just spreading the awareness of it and getting it into local schools and stuff like that. And then the foundation guys, Hunter and Trevor were representing the Isaiah 117 house, which is an awesome Christian organization helping out kids in needs and, you know, just, People who could use the help. This was just such a fun opportunity for disc golfers to come in. I think all of us are really, you know, we all play disc golf, but more so have a lot of content creation in it. And I think just kind of having the eight content creators bantering back and forth and just really enjoying a a fun time and then getting blown out of the water by AJ's actual knowledge of, you know, oh, yeah, I was there at that event and this is what happened. And then this, this and this. But I'll tell you this. I like to consider myself a decently smart person when it comes to disc golf knowledge. Now, I don't go too far back, but, you know, past 2009, 2008, 2007, I'm really I don't know too much before that. But since 2012, 2013, I have a decent amount of disc golf knowledge. But the second you put a timer on a question and say, hey, what is the <laughs> answer to this? I'll either misread the question or just completely blank on the answer. And it's, it's just funny. It was, you know, timer makes it tough, yeah, dude. It's it quicker. 30 seconds or 45 seconds is fast when you're asked a question about what time on what date yeah. with what person. It's it's tough. What was the, yeah. And, yeah, go ahead. And we did that light that lightning round yeah. too, which was incredible. That was hard for me. Like I was like, I don't want to mess <laughs> up because you only have 45 <laughs> seconds for seven questions. Uh, so they need to go check it out. Super good. Yeah. Uh, I, I will say one, one question I want to dive into uh, was that I was just so impressed that AJ knew uh, was the p- first pawn jump. Yeah, at Maple Hill. I was frustrated. Was one, I, was ta- I was talking to Steve. Steve gave me this question. I'm like, oh, that is too hard. Like I, yeah. that's just too hard. Like I don't like, that's yeah. going to be so, like, I have no clue. I never even like had a whiff of that. Uh, it wasn't like a, Oh yeah, that kind of makes sense. But I put out that question. I was like, all right, we'll have a tough one. It's worth the most points. AJ was like, yep, I got it. So easy. He very impressive. Kudos to him. Like golf clap. Like yeah. it was good. I'm frustrated because in my brain, I know that one. If, and this is not how the trivia is, but had you given a four choice, multiple choice, I see Kevin McCoy. I'm picking it. 
like that, that that's not mm. to be like hey i'm so smart it's to be like man these trivia questions are like it's out there for the picking <laughs> if you yeah. will but you you got to recall at the right time and for aj he was able to do that multiple times i feel like brian kind of did that so he could sit back brian was like I'm just going to sit here, and, and if he feels confident, I'm just going to keep just my Just let him roll with it, yeah. <laughs> so, anyways, it's worth checking out. It's the yep. video that was streamed live before this one. Um, it's it, People that are commenting are saying they love it, they want more of it. It was fantastic. Totally different than what you've seen anywhere else on YouTube before. Check it out. It's fun trivia. Mm -hmm. All right, um, we're getting closer to the interview here with our um, next well, first time, actually. It'll yeah. be the first our featured, time. Ever, our yeah. featured guest of the night. Stick around. Uh, we've got... Um, Judge that disc golfer after the interview with Jay. Actually, he doesn't know this, but he's going to help us judge a disc golfer. I think he's got enough experience and insight to be able to do that. Yeah. Um, and why not throw him out there to the wolves and see what happens? So that's what we're going to do. Uh, we lined somebody up to do this live with us tonight, to be mm -hmm. judged. And in full disclosure to everybody, they wanted to be. They volunteered as tribute. So this is totally fair game. Um, before we get into the interview, we have about three minutes here. I wanted to ask because we just had like a, probably a lot of the North America has had this, but a very cold, I don't know if you call it snap, but it was cold. It was like, it started out like 32 degrees the day before, yeah. and then it went down overnight to like minus 10 where I was. So 42 degree drop with wind chills. We got down to like minus 40 something degrees. Uh, that's pretty cold. Uh, that set some records for this time of the year for us. Mount Washington. I know I'm filled with you know trivia myself tonight. It's the most. It's the, it's home to the most uh, extreme weather on the planet. It yeah, broke. It, had it broke fastest its own wind speed up until like 1994 and the fastest in the U.S. Yeah, very proud of that as a New Hampshire yeah. resident again. Two hundred and something miles, seventeen. Or my my son would tell me I'm wrong. He's probably watching it upstairs right now. Dad, you're wrong. Um, but extremely windy but here's the point they actually beat their coldest ever wind chill uh of minus 110 degrees yeah that's the coldest for the whole country by the way that's colder than <laughs> the previous record was alaska i was just gonna uh, say this, somewhere this like alaska for yeah. cold, how how long can you stand in that obviously it's not very long but i'm curious like for two seconds <laughs> i'd be curious what that feels like you and i hate the cold i dude i hate the cold more than anything like skinny, so skinny dip like, in the cold no like I'd, I'd still be fully layered right. up i just want to just <laughs> feel right. the coldness on my face really quick and then run back inside but okay probably so, never so let's ask this question before we get to the interview then with that temperature mindset cold what's the coldest like and this isn't a big conversation what's the coldest you ever played disc golf in I'll just start by saying I'm pretty sure for me it is. It's like in that minus. The temperatures were probably feeling minus 17, minus 20. That's yeah. probably what it felt like. Um, you guys done any colder than that? Yeah, Team Challenge years and years Ooh. ago. Buff was playing Burgess at Buff, and it was in the negatives, and then the wind chill made it feel a lot colder. And that was that was the most miserable day of disc golf, but it ended up being fun just hanging out with everyone afterwards, so it ended up being a good day. But to actually go out and play in that was absolutely miserable so probably negative yeah. 15 negative 20 with the windshield i i think if any burgess guys are in this or any buff guys i, I might be able to tell you 
So cold, Evan, you've done colder than that for disc golf I, specifically? I think I've done single digits, but it was like sunny out. And so it wasn't <laughs> even bad, but I, I'll give a shout out to the MVP of Hope and Ham side that one year that was, uh, yes, when it snowing. was snowing a bunch. And I think like just my hand, like it wasn't that cold. It was probably like high twenties, but it was just windy. <laughs> that ain't nothing. And, wasn't wasn't well, that in okay. May? <laughs> uh, it, was it, in, it was in April. April and yeah. it just blizzarded on you guys that morning. It was like, that, Matt was like sending me six pictures. inches, seven yeah. inches yeah uh, but it was just like super windy like hole 11 you're on the far side up on top of a hill and it was like a four card backup and i just remember like you were you were cold like you just yeah. your my hands were so cold that it was hard to grip a disc you're like i remember holding it to my chest <laughs> to max, try to warm up my hand winter blend so but <laughs> I, I when i woke up that morning like 20 miles away or something there was like a half an inch of snow and it wasn't that cold i could have gone with like just thin gloves didn't realize there's that much snow so that's on me uh but I have broken a disc in cold weather. Now, part of it was the age of the disc. It was a limited edition Comet that I love. Part of it was the cold. The disc get harder, more brittle. I threw it in a tree and it just broke into pieces. Yeah, Like pieces went flying. So, I mean, we're used to playing in the cold. I've played in deep snow. For anybody listening here that's not from a cold area where there's snow and things of that nature, I have played in at least 24 inches of snow and i i want to say it was probably closer to 30 like fresh like it snowed a storm the weekend of we went out and played in what we call a team challenge mm-hmm. i mean you're sticking ribbons on there you're doing construction chalk so when it dives yeah. into the snow and it goes two or three feet under the snow you can go and look for it have you know? somewhat of an idea of where crazy yeah but we're you just can work around it but that's just not fun in my opinion <laughs> no. i'm gonna say it, no. it but, but i'm a fair weather golfer at this point. i will say this yep, if same. i'm going out for a round of disc golf with you guys i probably would say no if i'm in a competitive environment where the other team has the same exact challenge we're gonna do it better like that's my mindset i'm like we're gonna do it better yeah. and so there is an element of fun, and I have that memory now of, like, I've done that before. But, yeah, that's not my preference. But we'll see. Judge that disc golfer tonight. Yeah. That question's going to come up. Maybe, come about. maybe we should yeah. change it from, like, snowing to be, like, it was a blizzard with three feet of snow. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, we've made it to this point of the show where we're actually going to go ahead and bring in our guest tonight. And PDGA actually lists him with Jay Yeti. Reading, we got to find out more about that. Let's bring him in. What is up, Mr. J Yeti Redding? How are you doing, man? <laughs> Wonderful. Oh, 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 hold on. Intern Ben's not here. I got to turn your mic on. Try that again. Do that for us again. Come on. You know, you- can, can you hear us? <laughs> there we go all right we got you guys are gonna ha- listening audience that's driving around their cars or at the workplace um you're gonna have to come in and check it out he's he's doing some awesome yeti things um if you want i could probably try to adjust your camera to be more centered or you can adjust your camera so that you're more centered it's up to you i think the manhandling of the cameras pro- there you go oh, perfect there we go so let's talk there we go. Let's talk, Jay. Yeah, hey guys, how y'all doing? <laughs> Good. How about yourself? Doing great. We're doing great. We're uh, we're cleaning up after a big uh, ice storm weekend. You guys were talking about uh, being cold and having snow up in the Northeast and things, but uh, uh, Texas got walloped again. Uh, it's almost two years to the date where we had that massive uh, uh, cold snap that that basically took out all this state of Texas power grid mm-hmm. for a while. 
And uh, this time we had ice, and ice is definitely something we don't experience much around here. Uh, in 2007 was the only time that we even had something close to this, and I think we doubled the ice uh, in my area here than we had then. So unfortunately, it's been rough on cleanup and things. My chainsaw has been running a bunch, but uh, man, can't get disc golf off the mind, so we're still still thinking about that all the time. It's a good thing you're on a disc golf podcast because we're going to be talking a lot about that tonight. <laughs> in fact... Did you happen to see that we did this um, disc golf charity trivia game the other night? Did you see that or hear about it? I sure did. In fact, uh, Des and I uh, tuned into that while we were having our uh, granola and yogurt this morning. So nice. uh, great job with all that. That was pretty uh, fun to watch and a lot of great questions to play along with. And most of all, uh, four charities benefited from that. And uh, I think my boys, Brian Earhart and AJ Risley, not to give any spoilers, but <laughs> you can't. No, we already, we did. already did. <laughs> I already yeah. did. Yeah. So, so they raised money for the charity of choice, being Educational Disc Golf Experience Edge. Um, been around a very long time. In fact, go ahead and give us some of the uh, inside, not the inside information. We want the facts. We want what has happened over the years. Give us it all the way up till now. I think I heard the number millions of students introduced, but. Give us where we're at now at this point. I think it's a 20-year anniversary. Absolutely is. I mean, uh, the quick, cool history is, is in 2002 at the uh, United States Disc Golf Championship, uh, I was a qualified player uh, representing state there, and uh, Des Redding was the only fem female participant uh, having qualified winning a, a major. And uh, uh, so with us two in the field, uh, Des happened to have uh, none other than Harold Duvall on her card. And uh, as those two got to know each other and, of course, uh, uh, you know, in of a champion as well and wanted to know, uh, oh, you guys are educators and top level disc golfers. Like, wow, what do you think about getting disc golf in the schools? And I had already been teaching um, at an alternative school where I introduced disc golf and just saw like, wow, we're really connecting with a group of kids that didn't follow the same path that Des and I did, which was varsity level high school sports all the way up to division one, uh, full scholarship athletics. But we knew that there were so many more kids that aren't even close to a path like that that need a recreational outlet and disc golf in the schools was an obvious fit. So uh, 2002 is kind of where the brainchild happened together. Uh, throw in Dave Dunapace agreeing with it and an educational specialist, John Lixit, who ended up uh, becoming a PDGA uh, board member for a stint as well. And we had a great foundational team. And in 2003, so, you know, 20 years ago, uh, we founded the corporation that's an official 501c3 national charity and Edge was born. So, yeah, millions of kids at this time uh, have been introduced to disc golf. Uh, we have uh, thousands of school partners uh, in all 50 states, uh, several countries as well. Um, but, you know, as far as like a, a true lightweight, all-purpose kids type of a disc, well over 100,000 of those uh, flying around in the world. Uh, we've got clubs going. We've got schools competing against each other. A lot of the things that people have been kind of talking about and dreaming about, uh, Edge has been busy, busy, busy for 20 years, kind of making this uh, happen in the background. And, uh, you know, we, we love it when uh, stuff like what y'all did with the trivia show comes to light because it introduces a whole new group of people to what we're doing. Mm -hmm. um, you know, as a nonprofit, there's not a huge budget for uh, putting out uh, advertisements and uh, 
you know, blowing the horn and things. So we always rely on uh, people. We're a hundred percent publicly funded uh, charity. Yeah. And I think there's some numbers included with that. Uh, $215,000 to this point has been awarded to schools around the country. Is that correct? 215,000? That is just one simple program. And if you were to give me a, you know, a platform to say, Hey, how can I get involved? I'll just touch on that. This is called the tournament charity program. So last year we uh, partnered with 260 uh, PDGA events from around the country. They all agreed to use Edge as their official charity. Uh, we don't limit them on whatever they would like to do, whether it's a dollar, two dollars, five, ten per head out of the entry fee. Maybe uh, have a, a group uh, re- a restaurant or a group donate lunch on behalf of Edge and then sell plates, uh, drawings if they're you know legal in your area. There's a lot of ways to raise funding, and so that was just from this program. Uh, just this year in 20 or last year in 2022, this program raised $52,000 in which we awarded 48 schools in 28 states, um, a total of 32,000 of that at this point. So yeah, that's our total just for that program, 215,000. Yeah. And then I'm seeing a number here, the PDGA memberships, money that has come from that and well over a hundred thousand there too. So, I mean, we're talking money, but people sometimes are t- have tangible dollars in their mind. They're like, wow, a lot's happening. And so that's 260 schools um, plus, I'm looking at numbers here, all over 512 grants. I mean, l- there's so much benefit happening through Edge and it's just so well established over all the years. It's probably going to go on forever. Am I incorrect? This is 20th year anniversary. Yeah, I mean, we're just we're to the point now where I, I know it sounds like a long time, but you can just watch what other groups are doing. And, you know, everyone's just trying to get their footing. The, the, the There's a lot of charity needs out there. You know, I mean, 501c3s run the gamut from, uh, you know, the, the Red Cross, you know, St. Jude's, some of these incredible life changing immediately type of things. Uh, you know, we're on the educational side. And if anybody's been a teacher or been around a teacher, and we all have, because we were in schools, you know that the public education system is one of the areas that are desperately in need of any kind of funding, period, let alone from the government. So when you break that down one more level, if anybody's going to cut a budget in school, unfortunately, it goes to the arts, music, education, as far as physical goes. So PE, uh, you know, always looking for uh, something to help them out and uh, PE teachers are big kids. So you introduce the new game to them and they're on it like wildfire and disc golf, of course, is uh, uh, we just got to get it in front of them and it becomes kind of, wow, my kids would love this, or I've got room at my school, or I used to play ultimate in college or nowadays uh, there's a lot of disc golfers out mm-hmm. there that we're, we're seeing cycle through now that actually maybe uh, you know, I've had a couple kids that have played in the amateur world championship mm-hmm. And have come up to Destiny and said, hey, you came and did an assembly at my elementary school when I was super young. Nice. Yeah, you're, you're very likable uh, as, as a human being. We have people uh, in the chat. We've had people commenting that, oh, I got to play around with him here. And man, what a good time that was. And so I'm sure there's all different you know, feelings that you have. Maybe we can talk about them later in regards to just disc golf's journey to where it is. We can put that as a, a box later in the conversation here. But People are very happy with you. And I think um, there was a little bit of change transition, right? With Des moving around a little bit to PDGA and you kind of filling in this full-time role as the Edge coordinator or whatever your role. What is your role with Edge? 
what is your title? Uh, I'm officially I'm officially the executive director at okay. this point, but uh, we, we didn't carry that role, even though we've been an integral uh, component since the beginning as co-founders. Uh, you know, you got to you got to remember, too, at that point, we were both uh, desks, uh, you know, even way above me, elite professionals on tour. I mean, she's uh, in the heart of her winning world championships. I mean, uh, she got first or second for nine years in a row. And I'm pretty sure a few of those seconds were because we were working so hard on other things in the background, as you hear a lot of our top professionals these days, starting to feel that same thing that Des and I have been doing for 20 plus years. It's like, wow, it's really actually hard to juggle sponsors and course design and where I'm eating and drinking and, and still doing stuff for, say, a major organization that you have created. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, I know you've wore a lot of hats in disc golf. This being one of the hats, you said executive director, if you will, of Edge. Um, you, what is that like? Not having just, I'm assuming, not being just independently wealthy. Maybe you are. Maybe you can correct me on that. But I think our conversations have said otherwise. Um, like, what is that like? Being like, okay, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do this, and all these things, but. Where does, and I, I don't, before we get into those other ones, where does educational disc golf fit into that? Where you're like, this is what I want to focus my time on. You know, it's probably not the most lucrative thing, but you've done it for so long. Yeah, but so that's a great introduction to it because in the end, you know, Des and I found disc golf in college uh, playing at a high level in sports. And so this was our recreational outlet let off some steam from all the pressure of learning plays mm. and figuring out, you know, where, what time am I going to work out for the third time today and things <laughs> like that. And the uh, disc golf, of course, the joy was implanted as a seed, you know, the, the integral flight of the Frisbee, the spirit of the game. And these, this is what we really wanted to uh, share with everybody. I mean, even our friends like, Hey, I don't care if you care about playing on a tournament ever, but check this out. Let's go camping. Let's play some disc golf. So early on, uh, touring and being that um, uh, collegiate athlete, I guess, that found disc golf and success at the pro tour level, uh, we knew immediately, like, wow, we've got a long way to go. And just like all sports, we've got to start at the foundation and we got to build this pyramid. So eventually, someday, we're going to be floating these top uh, professionals that dedicate so much of their time and life and energy. And so it can be a sustainable career for them where they actually probably don't have to juggle so many, uh, you know, things to make it all work, but you're, you're right. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Des and I, neither one of us come from, from money backgrounds, but, uh, you know, luckily we did get our colleges both completely paid for. Uh, we spent a couple years, you know, in the workforce, uh, we created our own business in the summer, actually t- selling Italian ices at uh, art fairs and nice. music festivals. And uh, and that's where we rediscovered disc golf after we had checked back out uh, from college. And once we rediscovered it and found the triangular beveled edge disc and all the magic that that, that provides, I mean, forget about it. <laughs> okay. Sucked you right back in. <laughs> it, I want to give you an opportunity to say whatever you'd like to say, you know, in closing thoughts about edge. But the first thing before we get to that closeout for edge, you got to tell me, man, what is it that's special about disc golf where you, you passionately believe that introducing children or youth students to this game is actually bettering them. I mean, all sports probably do that at some level, 
Like, what is it about disc golf? Is it just that there was a missing link there? Or like, do you actually see something? What is it about disc golf? Yeah, so I think that's a multifaceted answer with the the Frisbee and the flight of the simple airfoil being a magical connection to all of us. And then, you know, we really can go deep into our DNA and our historical status and be like, you know what, we used to survive by throwing objects at things and, you know, food. Um, so somewhere ingrained in our DNA is actually that uh, desire to actually, you know, maybe not plastic at metal, but throw things at things. It's in there somewhere. So I think we tap into that a little bit. Then you start dealing with um, the pure enjoyment of being in nature, being around your friends, being as intense or as loose as you want to be for activity. And it just kind of takes care of itself. And what the kids don't realize, one of the things that I did as a alternative uh, school teacher, and I taught social studies during the day, and we had one hour of PE at the end, I had access to a bus. So once I wrote a grant and got a couple targets, um, and we could go and take this to because we didn't have but an asphalt parking lot, but we could take them to a another school that actually had some good space and start setting up a couple targets and a couple trees that acted like targets. And we would get these kids into their social peer groups. So now they're not just playing a big team game or even in kickball, you know, they would start fights or smack talk each other in their peer groups. They're socializing. They're having fun. Their level of competition could be very either intense or very loose. Mm -hmm. And they didn't even realize it, but they just walked a mile and a half for PE. <laughs> yeah. And these are the same kids that you can't even get to walk around the, the track without <laughs> looking down and scuffing their feet, things like that. So that's to me as an educator and a, a recreational specialist, you know, just bing, 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 uh, disc golf is, is, is all those things. You know, I'm on the same page as you. I mean, like I, I dipped my toes in the junior side for uh, a few years and really tried to do that and push that. There's only so much I could do having four kids of my own kind of mm -hmm. tapered off on that for a bit. But Nick, you had something. Yeah, I think um, one of the main things is, you know, when a school kind of comes to edge, how do they come to edge and say, hey, this is what I want you to do. And then what's kind of the rundown of, you know, what happens when your group of people go to the school? Yeah, great question, Nick, for sure. So our approach has always been like, well, how do we maximize this? You know, we've got a small team. We're nonprofit. If we had a lot of funding, we probably would have, uh, you know, hired a group of professionals early on. Um, but we decided that, you know what, um, teachers all learn from uh, curriculums. So we really concentrated on building a world-class physical education curriculum curriculum following national physical education standards and then tying in of course knowing that budgets get cut in PE mm -hmm. well the administrators want to hear about the math and the science and all the mm. stem subjects that are being brought to physical education disc golf is a home run left and right there you know we're talking about physics of the disc yeah. we're talking about math and statistics and uh you know creating different type of mm -hmm. algorithms there and then we start talking about the value structure of creating good people and sportsmanship and things like that, and stewards of the environment. And it was easy to connect these different classroom linked activities into our EDGE program. So uh, to, to follow up with uh, Nick's question, you know, we spent um, we used to attend the National Principals Conference and the National Physical Education Conference every year. And they're very expensive to attend. But this is where we got to meet and see all the leaders from the different states. 
And we spent those first couple of years for eight hours a day. Just, I mean, here was the conversation. Hey, how you doing? You know, you've ever seen one of these targets, you know, do you know about disc golf? Nobody did. Okay. Do you, have you ever heard of Frisbee golf? Oh, a few people. Okay. You know what golf is? You know what a Frisbee is? And then we would sit there and build them in and eventually, you know, and this would take a long time. So we really didn't see a, a ton of people when other people were passing by going, oh yeah, a bird feeder, oh, right. uh, you, know, mm-hmm. you know, whatever it was. And then it didn't take too long before now it was like, yeah, this is disc golf. Yeah. And nowadays, I mean, we almost have to set appointments up because we, we want to meet with the, the leaders and things. And again, the, the teachers, as soon as they experience it. So we went out and, you know, we do a lot of um, uh, full training sessions for entire districts. I mean, we're, you know, Des and I, uh, we work so good together. We've been married for 27 years. We've been, you know, joined at the hip since we were in college and, uh, we're, we're a great team, two-headed monsters, what we call ourselves. And uh, you know, two of us can train over 100 teachers at one time, which is, you know, sounds overwhelming, but there's a lot of tricks and techniques. And, uh, you know, we're getting to the point where we're, we're training other people uh, to do the same thing. So, you know, that's some of the things we have to look forward to. But uh, just this last Saturday, we did we were down in San Antonio at the Northeast uh, Independent School District. They let us come in because we're filming some segments for our new awesome third edition digital online curriculum and uh, we trained 25 new teachers uh just on saturday and uh they cannot wait to get their own packages and teach disc golf now after that well i guess kind of to wrap up what i have to talk about edge is what is the best way for everyone listening right now how can we support edge a little bit more yeah well i mean i hate to be like a you know national public radio or something but you know it's the dollars that you give now <laughs> truly i mean uh, believe it or not a dollar ten dollars a hundred dollars we have some people that have a a recurring um uh, monthly kind of given not really a, we don't have a patreon but it's something like that mm-hmm. uh through paypal uh they're great to work with uh there you know there's facebook type of things unfortunately amazon smile is going away so i won't even touch base on that but uh you know those are some easy ways to get involved. Otherwise, if you're in a part of a club or you run tournaments, this tournament charity program is an absolute way to go and see the immediate impact right in your own community. Yeah, it's pretty easy to give to uh, the educational disc golf experience. You mentioned the curriculum. It's in its third edition. That takes a lot of work to even get the first out there. You have a lot of major sponsors, people who would recognize the United States Disc Golf Championship. Innova Champion Disc, the PDGA Discraft Prodigy, National Amateur Disc Golf Tour, Bushnell, uh, new to the sport. Um, is there anything else you need in closing out this conversation on Edge that you'd like to say or talk about? So I will touch on another way too. So, you know, from the beginning, uh, Edge would never have been created without the generous, incredible kindness of Tim Selinski, Harold Duvall, Dave Dunapace, the guys and, you know, Gavin out there. The guys that run Innova, they saw immediately like, wow, this is something that may be bigger than all of us eventually and and something we need to support. And so to this day, Innova uh, supplies, uh, if if we need something um, tangible, you know, they want to listen to it. Um, They help us out with warehouse fulfillment, all these big uh, price things that would be very difficult for a, a smaller nonprofit. Uh, but we've grown beyond, um, you know, we want other manufacturers involved. We've had some great 
uh, work over the last two years with Bob Julio and Discraft mm-hmm. doing some great things with us. Uh, Prodigy Discs is donating uh, discs every year. We're putting those in the packages and the club programs. Uh, people can support us right now with this uh, beautiful disc that we've got with the uh, Ledgestone uh, group with Nate uh, Heinold out there. Mm. But this is a fundraiser that uh, our disc. friends out at mm-hmm. Reaper Discs out in California, they donated their artists to do the, the artwork. Uh, you can find these discs, these full color buzzes uh, that go 100% to support Edge through uh, Ledgestone. Um, you know, so that's a good way. And of course, anytime you support any of those other sponsors, USDGC, Grip Equipment is coming through huge this year, uh, Zuka, Groundbound, local Austin company. Everything that you do to support them and say, hey, I like what you're doing with Edge, you know, make sure they know some of the reasons why you're supporting these groups and that makes them very happy and feel good about what they are doing with uh their charity bill charitable side like edge fantastic um all that you've done there it, i mean i know you probably not like thank you matt go on and on about how good you are but people are needed to run these positions and what you've done over the years has been uh something that's foundational to what disc golf is now people know edge it is uh, i don't know if the right word's ubiquitous but it's like you hear disc golf you hear you think of charity you think of edge so good job there um we're happy to talk about it on this channel anytime um let's go ahead and transition now i mean jay yeti redding the disc golfer i was just watching some of the marshall street champion stuff and i was watching you throw off hole one and i think that was 20 years ago somewhere in that vein um so you're you've been around disc golf for a while let's just kick it off with where did the name yeti come from ah well uh it's a it's it's kind of over a beer story but i mean the (laughs) the 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 origins though come before people even knew what a yeti was um des and i were avid backpackers uh before we were disc golfers and uh when i mean backpacking yeah we would do a lot of weekend trips but we would load up our food and dehydrate all of our other food and send them to small post office in south dakota and wyoming and everywhere else and we'd hike for for weeks at a time uh we've never completed like the appalachian trail or something like that but believe me we were heading there mm. if disc golf hadn't become our walking and hiking outlet mm-hmm. uh we would have been in that mode for sure so mm. uh when you go out into the national forest for a, a long time, uh, the rangers kind of give you a permit. They want you to check in once in a while when you take a hike and you know there's a there's some check-in boxes and things. You don't have to use your real name. It's a safety factor kind of a thing. So I was the Iowa Corn Yeti and <laughs> Des was Prairie Twirl. So wow. that's I, that was kind of what we, uh, you know, we called ourselves you know for a while. But the funny connection to disc golf was the very first – uh, a tier I ever played in in uh, Madison, Wisconsin. They had a uh, temporary course, and of course, I was just an amateur. Uh, loved going up to Madison for uh, fishing, canoeing, mountain biking. Not disc golf, though. Wow, we found this disc golf is in Wisconsin. So they had a temporary <laughs> course called the Monster Course, and I think I showed up at a at a horrible time to kind of get to my hole. I'm like, oh man, the TD comes up, saw me all panicked. I'm like, hey, where's hole eleven? And he's like, oh, buddy. He goes, you're way up there on the ridge. He goes, you got to take the trail all the way around. And I'm about to blow the two-minute horn, brother. I think you're going to miss a whore, too. <laughs> I was like, no, no, no. I got this. And I went and I ran and I ran straight up this incline. I broke some branches and trees on my way up. And my group was like, holy mackerel. We thought there was a Yeti coming out of the woods. Nope. 
And there, and there it was. It and of course, they, they started calling me that all night at the players' party nice. while we uh, all pounded Capital City Brewing uh, beers all night. And it kind of stuck for disc golf. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Wow. Yeah, that is incredible. And it's funny. I'm playing that in my head. Great storytelling. I'm playing in my head. Like, as a disc golfer, there's nothing more like motivating than you're going to miss your first hole or two of a tournament. <laughs> it's like, yeah. gotta go, whatever it takes. I mean, I'd locked my disc golf bag in a car once and they're like yelling two minutes. And I'm like, we're going to break the window. <laughs> like, we're just, I'm not missing a hole, you know? Uh, it was. So thank you for telling that story. Uh, that's really cool. Uh, so you've served on the PDGA um, for a long time, 2005, um, right before I started playing disc golf, actually, right before, until just recently, as of last year, 2000, well, not last year now, I guess it's a full year ago, 2021, but the PDGA Competition Committee. We could talk forever about a million different stories, but I think two that'd be interesting to me are like, what is it like on the inside? <laughs> like, as in like, you don't have to say names unless you want to, but like, what is it like on the inside where like contentious, like do people get really, really like pound their fists? No, we can't change this rule. It's important. Like, does that happen? Right. Yeah. So uh, I'll just give you a quick, like, how did I get here as well? And it's the same <laughs> thing. You know, it's like when, when you when you're experiencing the sport at the highest level and you're like, oh, man, we got a long way to go. You know, you can sit in the parking lot and you can complain about it and blah, 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 blah. Or you put your work gloves on and your hard helmet on and you, you say, hey, what what can I do to help this thing along? And so I just joined as a as a simple committee member. And, uh, you know, we found that there was a lot of things that we can work on. So that's kind of how I think people join committees and, and kind of get get things accomplished. Um, uh, I will say that uh, behind the scenes, you know, the, the PDGA is a bunch of incredibly hardworking individuals. And you better believe that every single person on staff has this golf as a passion project uh, in their own life. And I think that's those are the people that we want actually making a living, um, you know, doing things with this golf. So that being said, <laughs> then you turn into like, well, you know, now that the organization has grown, you know, we those of us that have paid attention and I'm not alone. You guys are there, too. I mean, mm -hmm. we could have said the PDJ could have hired 30 people, um, you know, 15 years ago. And uh, they're playing catch up, you know, and so now they're playing incredible catch up. And I think all organizations are. I mean, we are as well uh, with Edge, you know, we're hiring people, but we don't have the funds to hire people at full wages with benefits yep. and things. So the PDJ is now to that level. And I think they're starting to really catch up to it. So, you know, on the committee level, um, you know, I've seen the committees go from being a, a secondary thought with not being utilized at all in their capacity, whether you can name the committee. Um, there was at one point where we kind of did an assessment of the committees and 80% of them were, I'd say we would call them almost defunct because they weren't meeting regularly. They weren't putting out agendas. They weren't being connected with their board liaisons. Uh, and I will say the modern PDGA has realized that, you know what, the board can't do it themselves. One of the greatnesses and, and backlashes with the board of directors is that they have a high turnover. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. 
you know, we're losing some of that continuity of a group that's like, we've got a vision and a great thing that's happening. And then all of a sudden somebody else changes or a few people get in and out and those things get convoluted. But then guess who has been around the whole time? It's the committees. There's a bunch of us that have been serving for, for 10 years plus, you know, so the committee, you know, if it's a really functioning organization, the committee should be doing a lot of the heavy lifting, a lot of the brainstorming, and then the board liaisons take that back to the board. They've got proof in the pudding. They've got some testing from the uh, uh, committees and the board almost starts becoming, you know, never a rubber stamp. But, you know, if the committee says in youth and education, the youth committee says this, the rules committee says this, the competition committee says this, probably have done their diligence. You know, if it follows somewhat of where the master plan is, the committee should be used a lot more than than they than they do. Mm -hmm. So I guess I'll say that. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I, I've been on teams myself, part of committees, part of organizations, and every now and then you get people that are just every. You have to believe the best intentions. You have to believe the best intentions about everybody on team. But the passion rises sometimes, and you see people that are like, "I like you, but I'm not down with what you're saying." And I was just curious if that happens often. I'm sure most of it's not that way. Yeah, we we have heated uh, we have heated discussions. Um, you know, uh, but for the most part, we're all have uh, some of those same attributes of being good listeners, yeah. uh, absorbing the information, knowing that each of us are coming from different components. And that's where a good committee has a lot of different uh, viewpoints. And then, you know, we, we go into a democratic side of that where we, we take votes mm -hmm. on things. And uh, I've had plenty of good ideas that have flown out the window. Mm -hmm. I'll give you this one. This one's, I, I beat on this one for a while and this is just a simple one. But we used it a whole bunch last year, and I'm very proud of it. And that was just like, how do we officially start a tiebreaker in a playoff for disc golf? And <laughs> I, I talked about this for a long time because I said, you know what? It depends on how we are considering a playoff. Is this a continuation of the round? Or no, it's not. The tournament is over, but you cannot finish a tournament with a tie for first place. So therefore, it's a after-the-fact tiebreaker. So hot rounds shouldn't matter. These two people fought one, two, five rounds, and they ended up tying the entire event together. So it's not that Jimmy's got the hot hand, you know. It should be some simple process that dictates the actual order. And I fought for this, and I got shut down. I finally got off my soapbox. And thank you to Alan Beaver, Hall of Famer out of North Carolina, a uh, park and rec guy forever, sportsman for his entire life. He wrote into the competition committee and said, why don't you guys deal with the this playoff thing? I don't think it's fair. Boom. So I had an ally and we rode that through and the, the board even actually shut it down because they just didn't quite grasp the athletic sense of like, no, it's really important. If somebody flips a coin and it's like, oh, okay, you happen to – to, to win it. So do you want to go first or second? Hmm. Well, this is an obvious forehand shot and I'm a forehand specialist or, Oh, that's really windy. I'd like to see what you do with this. <laughs> you know, think about 17 at, at USDGC. So we changed it. It's a simple, you can draw out of the hat like golf does one, two, three, there it is. Mm. You know, you can flip a, a disc, but heads it's Jimmy tails. It's Billy. And there you go. So simple, but it took a long time to even accomplish, you know, something as simple as that. But yet here we saw, let's just go back to Gannon and uh, Drew. 
Mm-hmm. We that was one of the first places that it got put out there. I mean, that was incredible. They played it fairly. The next hole they had to switch. Mm-hmm. I mean, talk about it's the competition committee is all about fairness in sports. I mean, mm. uh, the rules are the rules, and and not every rule has to deal with competition. I mean, excuse me, not everything in competition has to deal with a rule, but everything that's a rule has to do with competition. Well. It's a hot topic out there right now, but being a part of the the competition committee and leaving, was it the end of 2021? Uh, yeah, yep. I just kind of, man, I became so busy, but yes. <laughs> yeah, and so I know, you know, we talk about what we might talk about tonight and you'd kind of brought up maybe women in sports in general. Do you have anything that you'd like to mention about that topic? It doesn't have to be anything. It's just, I know that's a topic that's out there and you were a part of the committee. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, so I guess from the committee side of things, that that is such a humongous um, issue. Um, You know, we're like, what does the board want from us? And in the end, the board also realized that, uh, uh, yeah, this is such a a big issue that not only does it affect competition, but we better talk to uh, doctors and medical and science. We should probably talk to women. Uh, who are uh, affected directly um, and any other stakeholders, you know, so there's a lot of people coming into the same uh, boat there. So, uh, you know, I can't go- talk about what the competition committee actually did with this latest group of of rulings because I was out of there by then. Mm-hmm. And that kind of stuff was just getting going. But believe me, I've got my own opinions and things. I mean, you know, I, I guess I'll just make a statement that, you know, I came up with this pretty quickly um, when I was kind of just watching everything transpire. And I came up with this and I've, I've talked to quite a few people and even doctors and things are like, that's actually pretty spot on. You know, to me, there's there's obviously two humongous sides of opinion out there and they fall into the, on the on the sides. They fall into hatred and vitriol. Mm. You know, so these are folks that are never, ever going to see another way because they I have some internal issues. I mean, a hatred. I mean, come on. On the other side of that, they have what I call uh, blind empathy. So empathy is when you can put yourself into somebody else's shoes and you kind of can feel their feelings and you can kind of understand what they're going through and things like that. And empathy is is strong. It's just as strong as hatred. But blind empathy is kind of like, you know what? This person should is who they are for who they are and and blah blah blah. And nothing else matters. And you know, and, and I think somewhere in the middle of those, if we're talking about sports, it's fairness in sports. You know, sports try to create rules that um um affect outcome fairly. You know, mm-hmm. uh, you either break a rule because you know it's a rule and you're gonna see if you get caught or know the consequences. Or the rules just happen like, oh, yep, you guys happen to just, you know, uh, jump off sides there. You didn't mean to, but that is a rule and we're trying to keep it fair here. So, Mm -hmm. you know, that's where fairness in sports and that's where it gets really sticky, right? Because now all of a sudden we're talking about, uh, uh, you know, the medical science, you know, and and having medical science in the middle of uh, the stadium or the court is – you know, it's a whole new realm. Uh, it's not a whole new realm, but it's a it's a current new realm. Um, so if you're dealing with differences between 
you know, and that's to me, I think that's where my my main issue is, is that, um, you know, this is an entirety for medicine and science. You know, this is where um, I think uh, the whole medical community needs to kind of come back together and decide like, well, you know, we understand there's fluidity uh, between sex and gender or are the two, you know, innately uh, unique to each other. And I think that's kind of where, uh, you know, we, we need more work there. All I do know is that the policies that were created currently, they're, they're not really solving or helping out any group. Mm-hmm. It's really not. It's, it's taking, a, um, you know, it's taking um, transgendered players and putting them into different categories of like, you can play, but you can't play. And, and it's based on stuff that a lot of we, we still don't know a lot of, you know. I mean, on one on one side, you know, could we learn an incredible amount from, um, you know, maybe studying the issue a little bit more while it's happening or, um, you know, having some 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 timelines and some basis? I know we're we're groundbreakers. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, we want to be inclusive. That's what disc golf is. Right. You know, but yeah. there's also some issues out there, you know, and the last thing that I'll bring up is is really just women in general. You know, the the there are some things that that women ha- that go through that nobody else does. And, you know, we're talking about menstruation and we're talking about uh, menopause, you know, things like that. You know, those are just completely um, things that happen, you know, for for women. Um, that uh, you know, a, a male will never experience, and um, you know, I just that—that's where I'll kind of leave it. I mean, I kind of sit there myself, um, you know, thinking about some of these things, and I—I I watched the uh, beautiful uh, all, all uh, four women by women, um, really cool, the wildflower tour that's happening here in Texas, and there was 107 women getting together, and you know, what an amazing experience in time. But you know, if I if personally, and I could be off base here, but I think about like, well, if, if a, if a woman has a, has a period for a week and there are a hundred women, wouldn't that mean 25% of the women are dealing with something kind of extraneous? That <laughs> yeah. well, like I say, yeah. I'm not qualified officially to talk about that. I'm married. I am married to a woman, but, uh, <laughs> me either, but I experience and see it's and, real. You know, I've been around it's real. Uh, You're right. Time. Absolutely. It's real. And I just want to say this. Thank you for your gracious response to that question. It's uh, at the Nick and Matt show. We've we've had this opportunity to talk and to say things. And when you're in a public stage uh, of the disc golf mm-hmm. or Internet, the YouTube, the the Reddits, you know, all I want to say is what you said is great. Um, it's your answer, right? It's who you are. Everybody has an answer. Mm-hmm. It can be tough to put your voice out there to let everybody hear it and analyze it the way they want to hear it. So I just say the way I heard it was, was great. Thank you for your answer. Um, let's see. You have a lot of things we could talk about as in like just who you are. You've been on tour for a long time. There's two things that I'm interested in. One in our conversations, you kind of alluded to the fact that misinformation abounds inside of disc golf media. And I wanted to give you that opportunity to kind of just elaborate. What I mean, technically, we're disc golf media, and I'm sure mm-hmm. that some level we have misinformation too. But let us have it, Jay. Well, what are you talking about? Well, it's it's. I don't even know. If it's misinformation. I mean, it's just to me, it's a it's an incredible time in our sport where we've got 
uh, more eyeballs, more media, uh, video, podcasting, all these incredible things. Stat Mando. Um, these are all phenomenal pushes towards exposing and growing disc golf. And so I just think it's uh, we, we miss some of the institutional knowledge, some of the historical side of things. And I know nobody does it on purpose, but when you do hear, you know, folks that are in the leadership position as far as media or putting together statistics or things like that, if they don't have the full picture, then, you know, we really do lose a lot. For one, a lot of players miss out on accomplishments and in, in historical data and stats that they've worked so hard to accomplish and they have those kind of glazed over by, uh, and I'm not saying everybody does this, but, you know, we tend to focus a lot on, as we should, today's top players. Mm-hmm. Who are we interested in today, now? But when we start comparing them in a broader sense, it's just incredibly important to, to really have our stats and figures down and, um, you know, or at least leave caveats in there of like, you know, I'm, I'm not sure on that. We'll, we'll find out the answer next time or whatever it is. Um, I just see a lot of that going on uh, from, from players uh, in the past. Do you have any uh, like examples off the top of your head of something that this could be pertaining to? Um, well, I mean, not, I mean, sure. There's, there's, you know, I don't, I don't keep a running list or anything, <laughs> yeah. but you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. but just, yeah, when I'm driving or I do have some time. Um, you know, I, I do like to catch up on podcasts and mm-hmm. it does seem like there's been an awful lot of like, Ugh, boy, they, they didn't know about that or remember that, I, you know, I love, I love what Evan's doing and he's got a big team right now uh, since he's here and I can see he's got broad shoulders, you know, I'll throw out one that we discovered the, uh, you know, somewhere there was a, uh, maybe a, a graphic put out there or something like that. And it was a uh, elite series. Um, it was uh, how many elite series podiums, elite series or majors podiums in a row. So podium meaning one, two, one, two, and three. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, the stat was saying like Kristen Tatar is, is going to maybe lapse the, record holder in this category, which would have been Juliana Corver at 22, when in fact, you know, Des was like, huh, I wonder, man, I, I know I had a good stretch in there. From 2005 to 2009, Des actually podiumed 32 times. <laughs> what do you I have was just to about say to say, yourself, please Evan. be a Des Redding stat. Yeah, so, okay, well, one, Des did uh, reach out and was like, hey, I did have 32 in a row. Uh, just, just, I saw that one, and I 100% appreciate everyone reaching out. And so I reached out to the person who came up with this stat, and it was the most podium streaks to start out your elite series and major career. So it's a small caveat to it. Oh, so, oh there's the caveat we're talking about yes. now. So, so Des, I, I, I again, awesome. it's a small caveat and I fully understand where you're getting at Jay. Sometimes stats don't always tell the purest story. Sometimes there there's some one person can, can be leading this 
one stat in this category and then a slight change and it's this person you know you count dnfs you don't count dnfs you count when you are a pro but you haven't accepted cash or you don't and you wait until they do accept cash like there's all these different caveats that can change the stats and we see this across all sports i mean lebron's going for the the most points in the nba and is that the regular season record is it the regular season and postseason uh does it include preseason it probably doesn't but uh, there's all these different caveats that you can include in it so I think it's worth uh, noting that that is an incredibly good podium streak. The stat that we posted was to start your career. So oh. it can be tricky. And I understand that uh, and it, it, it is not, it is not to start your career. That was verbally put in there. I think it was uh, termed perfect as in like you started perfect. I, I didn't write. <laughs> we got to find the post. Graphic, Where's the post and who got it? It Yeti. It was I'll one of our stats matter, and you know your the, the incredible quiz show uh, showed some exposure there as well, right? Words matter, so just a, a, a changing of world championships to open world championships, or you know, I'm only talking about world championships that weren't open. I mean, we used to have mixed, both pro, uh, open, uh, age divisions, juniors. They sometimes were at the same world championship, mm -hmm. so it just yeah, words matter, and I'm not picking on you, Evan. <laughs> we, I mean, just to hear another one from a different podcast. Uh, you know, they were given a huge, uh, uh, a huge credit to to somebody that had landed a, a sponsorship from Kavu, and Kavu is a wonderful outdoor sportings group that uh, actually works mostly with with river runners and, and river sports. So to see Kavu and outside disc golf, like like wow, this player just landed something monumental. You know, then, of course, we're, we're like, well, let's see, uh, Des, Felberg, Avery, and Climo were sponsored by Kavu, you know, in like the middle 2000s. Um, but, you know, and nobody knows that. And I guess there's nowhere to actually, like, look that thing up. But, uh, you know, I, I just maybe having, um, uh, you know, th those of you that, that are putting ourselves out there for, for mm -hmm. uh, absorbing and knowing – just to have to have that due diligence of really kind of just, uh, you know, I guess keep on learning things. And, uh, you know, I'll say it again, the amount of times I've stuck my foot in my mouth on this show in 124 episodes is so many. And as your point is taking and learning and just doing with it, what you can, I, I appreciate it. I think what you just said was fantastic because it's coming from a different generation, different time mm -hmm. and the knowledge and, information that you have is a lot different perspective perspectives massive um we need to be held more accountable on the media <laughs> side of things matt oh <laughs> uh, you know what uh, we may have received a phone call recently from somebody saying yeah. hey do better yep and uh we'll just yep. leave that name anonymous for now but one of the best in the world yeah exactly which is like hey um, so you're not the first we need to Jay. do a little bit of research on stuff before we really come out i mean biggest thing is also we don't want to be a speculation podcast and just saying like hey this came about let's say 10 different things that really have no meaning to it right um which is always tough with the off season because of sponsorship moves <laughs> and everything and it's just speculate speaking, speculate speculate speaking of sponsorships though, yeah i'm pretty sure you said something in here at least teasing a little bit to us there's something for the 2023 season i'm seeing a thumbs up what do you got for us yeah, well, you know, in the category, you can can you teach an old dog new tricks? I mean, we've uh, we carry a, a low number of sponsors, really on purpose, because we really want to uh, believe we want to support things we really believe in, and uh, you know, not spread ourselves too thin. 
Um, you know, just statistically wise, I am very proud. You know, De Des and I used to be sponsored by some pretty big uh, outside the sports companies like Maui Gym and Patagonia. Um, you know, things that, you know, like, wow, no, Paul Macbeth and some of these young players are pulling in all these amazing outside the sports sponsorships. And they are. Mm -hmm. But there have been people in the past that have done the same thing, um, just maybe not on this scale. And it's a, an incredible thing to say. But I, I am proud. I did pick up a, both Des and I picked up a, a new sponsor, Texas Company. Oh. And uh, I know Double G's Jerky. I love it. But this is a big country Beef how do jerky. we get some of that how do we get oh, some yeah. of that is there a website yeah absolutely uh beef bc beef jerky.com and uh it's all texas um and i think the really cool thing is here too is of course there's a disc golf connection and um i love double g i love his jerky um i'll say that what are the differences uh double g style of jerky is what i consider personally a wet style of jerky mm -hmm. uh you know, it's, it's kind of always moist. It's got that flavorful moistness to it. Mm -hmm. And some people love that. Mm -hmm. Personally, I'm a dry jerky guy. So I like my beef jerky to be super dry. I want to be able to kind of gnaw on it and use my, you know, salvatore process to kind of get those juices it's going and kind of really work the meat a Yeti <laughs> way for sure. So this is kind of a dry-based jerky. Uh, Pey Peyton Mansell is the creator and, and it's a brand new company out of texas uh i mean we had to get be partnership with him i mean he played uh co collegiate football started in iowa uh was the quarterback for abilene christian university for three years i didn't even know him until you know just a, a few months ago uh he started disc golf in the pandemic playing on the acu campus course with which i actually designed uh back in 2012 so that was pretty cool and then his wife is actually a collegiate uh, scholarship softball player. Uh, so is Des. I mean, we had a lot of connections and uh, he's loving disc golf and making beef jerky. And it's really cool to have two different styles of beef jerky mm -hmm. maybe going to be out there because beef jerky is the easiest, best source of protein, easy to carry on. It's just awesome. And you can see th these come in like a they're um, they're sealed. They're vacuum sealed. So, mm, okay. you know, this baby is, you know, once you rip that open, it's time to eat it. You know, don't <laughs> let it sit around. So it's it's pretty cool. So on the Nick and Matt show, we've done jerky tastings and people hear us eating and they're like, I am so hungry for jerky. Yeah. Um, what's your favorite flavor of that jerky? Well, the, the original speaks for itself, okay. but I kind of like, you know, Sweet Yeti Fire. I got my own hot sauce. I like their peppered jerky. It's oh. not a black pepper. It's more of a spicy oh, pepper. Uh, and it's, to me, man, that's that's the perfect heat. And, yeah, I love it. <laughs> You're making me. I, yeah, I, I just want to get some barbecue jerky right now. You guys are talking. You guys jerky, can have jerky, all jerky. the spicy jerky you want in the world. Real quick. I, I don't need it. Real quick. <laughs> we, oh, that's really awesome, by the way. I did see somebody else, I think, sponsored by them this year. Um, a junior and their parent combo, I think, down in that area. But that's awesome. Great, great to get more in the disc golf world there. Um, where was I going with this? It was going to be, it was jerky and then my brain froze. So that's, that's what I'll, I'll just leave with my brain. Maybe froze. we'll get it back in a few minutes. <laughs> Maybe it'll come back <laughs> in a little bit. Um, so you travel around, you're at events. I've seen you at a few, um, whether it was the junior worlds, master worlds combo, other events, like how much are you out playing disc golf right now? Um, Okay. 
for our viewing I audience. I just won my first event of the year. Oh, he the Longhorn Open. Okay. So that was pretty cool. <laughs> Dude, that is a uh, sick trophy. Yeah. Super sick trophy, right? And <laughs> it was cool because it was put on by the uh, University of Texas Longhorn Disc Golf Club, which Des and I created the Texas Collegiate Disc Golf Championship 11 years ago when college disc golf just started. And we sold out. We had 16 different colleges and universities represented this year. So I had to go and support these guys. It was out at Moody's Disc Golf Ranch. Oh, my goodness. I played a 9,500-foot course and an 8,800-foot course in a day. And uh, whoo, my niece felt that. But, uh, yeah. It's a private course, and it's just so gorgeous. It was a great weekend. So my season starting. Got a first A-tier coming up at the Victoria Open. Texas Disc Golf is just absolutely unbelievable. I mean, we are to the point now where we're having – uh, five to even 10 sanctioned events any given weekend. And each one of those events are filled up with a hundred plus people. So options are endless. Um, it's pretty cool. Okay. My, the question came to me because I was, I was stuck thinking about how wonderful eating some jerky would be. And you had mentioned, uh, the Yeti fire, whatever sauce, right? You had a name for it. The chat, the chat talked about it uh earlier comments came in i love hot sauce like i grew up with my mom collecting hot sauce like she would get all the bottles everything from like you know like murder your mouth like literally you can't do a toothpick dab without just like pouring sweat to like just the really good flavors you can empty a bottle in one sitting where do you put this hot sauce you're making like where does it fall yeah so i'm a hothead as well but i like food more than i like sweating and having snot bubbles so uh i i was really out to create a a very complex flavor zone mm. that complements everything and so uh i've got a great college friend up in cedar falls iowa and uh, lee cronkite is really the the master sauceman uh he's got his own burrito shop he has uh he grows peppers He's got homemade salsas and he changes them up every single day. So <laughs> yeah. when he started creating hot sauce, I was like, man, I'd sure might, I got a dream of a hot sauce. And so uh, we got together. Uh, it took forever to kind of nail down the profile and then start adding the heat. And of course the heat level can get up amazingly quick, as you know, and uh, it can vary even from batch to peppers from batch to peppers. But once I, we kind of nailed down the Yeti recipe, uh, Lee's been able to do it, you know, it's all small batch. So unfortunately, uh, I don't know if it'll ever be a mass production, but when it does come in, uh, like at, at the, I've got so many customers and repeat Man. customers at the, at, at the DDO now, mm -hmm. um, I, I, I've got three cases pre-sold almost every time before the, nice. <laughs> before the event even happens. I'll so. buy three, I'll buy out. three cases. I don't know what they call, go for bottle, but man, yeah, wait, wait a wait a second on that. Find out the price first. No, no, <laughs> yeah. I'm here to support whatever it goes to, but we, I love hot sauce intern. Ben, he always talks about downing a bottle of hot sauce. If we get enough likes on the video. So, all right, made it to this point in the show, we've gone a little while, but we have a game lined up and I don't know. You've been watching the show for a while. Actually. I know you've commented here and there. Have you ever seen the segment judge that disc golfer? Yeah. Do no. you think I know what you're talking you about? Maybe. He's like, it's, an o, it's an OG. <laughs> yeah. This goes way back. Yeah. So if you're not familiar, that's totally cool. We've, we've, I do. I do. Okay. What you're you're going to be one of our judges. 
Um, the simple rule is that we're going to interview this player who we've never met, and then we're going to ask questions to kind of get to know him a little bit. And in fact, if you have a question to get to know him a little bit, you have something you want to know, we're going to ask it on the front end. Then we're going to ask him a set of questions where we're going to pause and say, we have to guess how he answers. Okay. We have to guess how he answers. Um, and we'll put points up. We're going to have a lot of fun with this. And so let's get, let's get right to it. I love doing this live. Never met the individual. Here we go. Three, two, one. Judge that disc golfer. The game show where you judge a disc golfer you've never met. All right, let's see how this is working here. He's been in the green room a while. Let's see if his audio is good. Uh, go ahead and introduce yourself. What's your name? What's up, guys? I'm Keelan. All right. Up, Keelan. Keel Hold on up, a second. Nick? This song says, judge a disc golfer you've never met. And Nick just goes, what's up, Keelan? Like, he knows. Is this true, Keelan? Does Nick know you? <laughs> it is true. Okay, it is true. I rarely see him, though. I rarely see him. Okay. Uh, I feel like I'm rarely down in Virginia right now. What we're going to do real <laughs> quick, because I'm hearing this audio glitch in your sound. If you don't mind closing out, like close down the browser, come right back in with that same link I sent you. We'll restart it over for you. You're good. I'm going to talk to All Nick right. in the meantime. Nick, All right. you've, you've taught this individual disc golf. Is that true? Yeah. So Keelan hit me up. I think it was last year or the year before uh, when I moved down to Virginia. He's in the Virginia area. Don't tell us too much. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, so he hit me <laughs> no, up. I'd seen him at leagues, seen him at putting leagues, stuff like that. And uh, when I was teaching lessons a decent amount more, he hit me up one time. I was just like, hey, let's go out. So we went out, played around, worked on some form stuff, some putting drills, everything like that. And uh, okay. So we'll see if he's been practicing. I think this is going to be funny if Nick actually knows the individual and we beat him. That's the goal tonight, okay? That's the goal. That, so all right. the pressure is on Nick. It like, is. Every question you get wrong, yeah. Nick, just remember, like, well, we don't know him and we're getting it <laughs> right. True. The thing is, is I could say, like, you know, if we talk about how far can you throw now, I have an answer of the last time I seen him play. If he's been practicing, it should be more than that now. So hopefully we'll my numbers out. are lower and he ends up being better. Okay. And I'm thinking. Let's find out. So first of all, Again, if any of you have questions, get to know him better. And I miss some that you'd like to know. We'll let you ask. So, Keelan, we know your name. Where are you from? I am from Lynchburg, Virginia. Lynchburg. Okay, awesome. Uh, that's why Nick's down there giving mm -hmm. you lessons. Um, are, are you a member of the PDGA? I am. Okay. And what's your PDGA number? It is 162179. 162, Jay. What's your number, Jay? I miss that. What's what's your number, Jay? What's your PDGA? One five eight six four. Okay, <laughs> a little less there. Um, okay. Well, hey, Keelan, what's your favorite course? Is it New uh, London Tech? Have you played there? Do you enjoy that course? Yeah, I kind of enjoy it. Kind of kicks my butt, but <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, then it's let's ask. What's your what's your rating then? I am currently, I think, 845. Okay. Might be a little lower. <clears throat> Which is why you said New London Tech kicks your butt, it sounds like. I mean, yeah, I'm yeah. sure you could be 950 and have it kick your yeah. butt too, but there you yeah. go. Um, all right. Do you play in tournaments? I played in maybe six or seven last year. Okay. I'm planning to play in a little more this year. What's your, what's your best finish and in which division? Do you know? I play in Rick. I think my best finish might have been seventh. Okay, seventh. Um, 
on average round, pick your favorite course. Do you usually shoot under par? No. <laughs> he, he's like Nick's no. in the room. I can't lie. <laughs> no. Um. Okay. He said no. Uh. Do you have a favorite disc golf professional that you'd say that's you're the biggest fan of? I do. Okay. And who I, is that? I would say Paul. Okay. Macbeth. Paul Macbeth. Um. And then let's ask this question: What's a hobby besides disc disc golf that you enjoy? It might tell us a little bit more about you. Um. Well, I mean, I was born an athlete, so pretty much anything that involves sports. Okay. Do you have a favorite besides disc golf that you're like, hey, if I'm not disc golfing, I'll be doing that? Probably basketball. Okay. What is your height and wingspan? Ooh. <laughs> I am only like 5'6". Okay. And I couldn't tell you my wingspan. Probably also. about the same. <laughs> yeah. Unless you have really long arms. Um, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Don't give me a number. Oh, yeah, Jay, Jay, go ahead. When you throw a snowball, how often do you hit the target that you're trying to aim at? He's in Virginia. They barely know how about snow. How often do you make a snowball? <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. when we do see snow, I might hit it a few times. but Okay, okay. Um, don't give me a number, okay? Um but give me an answer of like yes or no to this. Have you ever measured the distance of your throws? I have. Okay, you've actually measured it. How did you measure it? Do you remember? I used U disc. Okay, U disc. The reason yeah. I asked this question is so we can all we're all kind of going. Oh, okay, all right. This this might help us with questions coming up soon here. So let's ask the first question. Remember, this is how Keelan answers. Not what is right or wrong. What is right or wrong is how he answers, meaning that is what it is. So how far, Keelan, can you throw a disc? Now, do not answer. If you if you oh. have a phone or you're on your phone, never mind. Get that number in your head and hold it. Integrity is key here. Um, Nick, we're not going to have you answer first with this one. We're going to start on the other side and go to Evan. Evan, answer. How far oh. is he going to say he can throw a disc? Let's say, uh, I guess it's plus or minus nine feet. So I'm going to say 339. This is, again, what he's going to answer. This is the tough part, Jay. What's he going to say? 412. 412. All right. Um, I'm going to play the game, and I'm going to say three, 360. Nick, you're up. I'll go with... 300 on the dot 300 on the dot keelan you're oh, up man i wanted that lower end keelan what's the answer my farthest throw i've thrown was 330 wait Ooh. what'd you say evan 329 i did 339 okay, plus, plus your nine feet i was thinking yeah. 330 and i went up to 339 uh -huh. as the joke but it worked out wow good job evan good job see that means keelan's been practicing <laughs> the stuff that i told him Instead of me learning how to throw further, I can help teach other people learn how to throw further. <laughs> that's, the best. that's what coaches do. Yeah. You can't do, you teach. Okay, yeah. never mind. Um, let's see. If the, you're, oh, I just realized, how old are you, Keelan? I am 23. Okay, at least he's 23. If he was much younger, still, some of these questions still might fall down a little bit. We'll have to see. If your average disc golf round, your average one, you're like, hey, I just played whatever, not my best, not my worst. Average disc golf round was described by using the names of candy. What candy would it be? Hot tamales, Rocky Road, 
Laffy Taffy, Mr. Goodbar, or Payday. Those are your candy options. They're all pretty good. It's candy, but which one describes your round? Pick it. Yeah, he's writing it down. Perfect. Uh, Jay, we're starting with you. What do you think he's going to choose for his average disc golf round candy description? Well, he was uh, he was really honest with his throw there. I didn't sense a lot of internet distance coming from him. So the kid's well-rounded. I think he's realizing that he's at the point in this game where he's got the rocky road going. He's enjoying some great shots, but he's hitting a tree once in a while. Okay. I like Rocky Road, but there's always a part of me that has to change it because for some reason, that's just the way things go on this yeah. game. I'm like, I got to change it and I get it wrong, but I like Rocky Road. I'll put it out there. I'm going to say Laffy Taffy. That's my answer. Nick, you're up. I was going to go with the Laffy Taffy one as well. Oh, baby. And you've, you've think, played yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I just think it's like a funny, it's like I'd even call my rounds Laffy Taffy sometimes. So, <laughs> all right. Um, Keelan, what? give it to us. What oh, candy? Oh, no, 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 oh, no, 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 no. No, we didn't no, get no, Evan. No, no, we skipped no, Evan. No, no. All right. Evan. We yeah, skipped the guy who was me. the one well, point. You just didn't get to me yet. Right, I was last yeah, in this order. Which, first off, is Rocky Road an ice cream flavor or is that actually a candy that the ice cream flavor is named after? That's a good question. I, I don't know, but I'm going to say Rocky Road as well. That is a good question. The chat can tell us if that's candy or an ice cream. Either way. Uh, Keelan, what 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 are you choosing? It is Rocky Road. Oh, hey, man, he knew it. Look at that. <clears throat> and I liked Yeti's description of it, and that's why I almost went with Rocky Road, because I was like, you know what? That actually <sighs> I makes told a lot you. of sense. Yeah, yeah, but why is it when it makes sense, I say, no, that can't be it. Yeah. I do that every oh, time. Yep. It's it's that it's same thing with quizzes. You get multiple yeah. choice or whatever, like you said, so, or someone yeah. said this. I don't know. You're, well, yeah, you're so smart that you're just not smart. Oh, you said this about you know, the trivia you show. Know? What? You said that during the trivia show. You're like, it's like when before a quiz, you're like, it's. Oh easy. yeah, exactly. Like, I could know quiz. all the answers before the quiz, but put me on a timer and I actually have to get a grade on it. Oh yeah, bomb it. Okay, here we go. If you are ready to hit the tour, Keelan. So it's coming up. I mean, a couple of weeks. You're ready. All right, we pumped you up. What brand would you choose as your main sponsor from the following list? Now, you have to understand the monetary value. What these are worth is exactly the same. Okay, so we're not, one's not worth more than another. But which brand are you choosing? They're all going to pay your entry fees and enough to travel to the events and lodging. Okay, which brand do you choose? Nike, McDonald's, Red Bull, or Planet Fitness? Yeah, he's going to write it down. <clears throat> Nike, McDonald's, Red Bull, or Planet Fitness? I'm going now. It's my turn. I say Nike. Nick. Nike. All right, Evan. Oh, since you guys went Nike, I'm not. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> I had this one from the start. I'm going Red Bull. Oh, nice. baby. Jay. Yep, and uh, I'm, I'm going to go with Evan because I thought Nike. I was like, you know what? Anybody younger than his generation would go Nike, Nike, Nike. But Red Bull, all of a sudden, I think he's going superstar. I know, but when going he, the energy drink, I know. And I just think Nike has so much to offer. And he said, like his his probably favorite sport is basketball, and Nike has a pretty good hold in basketball. Ooh. Okay, that's a good point. Keelan, that's a good point. What did you choose? It is Nike. Yeah, let's go on the board, baby. <laughs> this is why we were decent partners when we played the trivia game show the other night. Oh man, yeah, but partners on the trivia show should be more like doubles in disc golf. You kind of hope when one does bad, the other the does other good. one does. We we, we kind of did that. Those. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> All right, moving on. If you were to choose unfavorable weather 
for a tournament, your next tournament. What type of weather are you going to choose? Like you're saying, I am, I want to play in that weather out of these three. Rain, and I always have to describe it, significant rain. It's hard to stay dry. You got your umbrella, but it's still hard to stay dry. It's raining. Snow, it's it's accumulating on the ground as you're playing, like inches. We're, let's say there's three inches already, and it's still accumulating while you're playing. Or wind, and the wind is pretty excessive. Let's say 20 miles an hour plus, and it's hard to throw a good shot. What unfavorable weather are you choosing for your next tournament round? He's writing it down. Give us a thumbs up once you got it. Nick, you're up. What did he choose? I'm going to go with rain. Rain. <laughs> rain, baby. We know what intern Ben wouldn't choose. <laughs> I hope he's in the chat. <laughs> Evan, you're up. I'm going to roll with wind. Captain Planet here. Earth, rain, wind, fire. Okay. Uh, Jay, oh, okay. what do you got? Yeah, I'm a... Uh... My career, I've always been known as a mutter. If, if the conditions get nasty, I get better. Um, but I don't like wind. Same. Yeah. I was actually going to ask Yeti what like, his he does. I just think he does. I think uh, he's <laughs> never experienced snow a bunch like you guys have talked about. He didn't know the snowball. So he doesn't even know. He's afraid of the ice and snow. I'm going wind. I am also going wind for very similar reasons. The snow scares him. He doesn't get it enough. He stays inside or something. But And the rain is <laughs> he doesn't is just, know how bad it is. Yeah, and the rain, now that we're talking about me, the rain is just miserable to me. It's just miserable. Give me the, give me the wind or the snow. Well, this is why Ben chose rain is because he would never play in the rain. So he didn't know how bad it was until we started making him play in the yeah. rain. And then he realized how bad it was. And now he's not here to defend himself right now. He's in the chat screaming our names. I love okay. you, Ben. You're great. Keelan, what did you choose as your preferred weather out of those options? I chose wind. Yes. Dang it. All right. So that's uh, Yeti and myself. Evan, did you, you didn't say wind, did you? I got wind. Oh, you did. No, okay. I did. Not Nick, though. Nope. Not Nick. So yeah. Evan's holding a lead here with three over me and Jay with two and Nick with one. All right, let's keep going. How many putts go in from the circle's edge, Keelan, if I gave you a stack of 10 putters? Now, everyone always wants to know the details here. This is flat level terrain. There's no wind. It's consistent throughout. You're on the outside edge of the circle or, or on the line. You can't jump. You got to stand still, okay? Uh, 10 putters. How many go in? We give you a stack. All right. Uh, we're back to Evan, but we're going to let him give us a thumbs up once he writes a number down. Oh, I thought Nick was going first. He went first last time. Oh, man. I was really banking on this for the <laughs> for the putting one. Um, I think my man has been working on the distance. Circle's edge is tough. I don't think he's going to be as tough on himself as he might be. I'm going to say six. Six is the number to always but, pick. But it's yeah. always the number. I'm judging that because I don't know if I, if he says six, I don't know about it. <laughs> that sounds harsh though. But like, I'm, I'm not making six from circles. All right. Point. As long as you do that clarifier. All right, Jay, what do you think he's going to say? Well, if he takes any advice from me tonight, it's that you can always repair the most strokes or gain the most strokes on the green. So even though I'm going to say that you are emitting 50% from now, five out of 10 from the ring. Uh, next time I see you, that'll be eight, eight out of 10. 
So five out of ten. Oh, there go both of my answers. To, I was gonna say <laughs> to help clarify for this, Jake's. I didn't tell you this. We've talked about this in other versions of this game. You can, for this question, answer the same. Do you want to go with what Evan said, or do you want to stick with the fifty? I'm, I'm gonna give him fifty-fifty. Okay. okay. Um, I. Oh yeah, fifty-fifty is good, man. You almost swayed me with your own answer. I'm going. He wants to do the sixty, though. You're right, Evan. He wants to do the sixty percent. Uh, yeah. I'm going with I'm going with 60. I like the 60. Nick, you're up. I like to consider myself a decent putter. I like to say that I can teach people how to be decent putters. So if Keelan was working on the tips that I've given him, he's at seven out of ten right now. <laughs> seven out of ten. Um, Jay, by the way, world champ putter, right? How many times? Five. Five time world champion yeah. putter. Awesome. Insane. Absolutely awesome. So Keelan, he He's either judging you very accurately or not, but it doesn't matter. He's a world champ. He's a world champ. He can do it himself. Uh, Keelan, what was the number you picked? I wrote down six. Yes! Let's go! But Evan, you is that right, though? Prove it. I got one wrong, but I'm, I'm down that. But, hey, Nick taught you how to putt, so that makes me believe it more. <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, us amateurs, six out of ten from Circle's Edge is tough. Like, if you're doing that, that's That's good. great putting. I mean, it's like the yeah. he said for his longest throw, it was I've thrown this far once. <laughs> so, I mean, in yeah. putting, it can kind of be that, too. You're yeah. like, I'm pretty sure I could do this. You know what I mean? Like, I could do six out of ten. I think that's probably where it's coming from. Um, all right. As long as you can make the comeback on that four out of ten that missed. <laughs> <laughs> what we're going to do here is one more question. If it ends up being a tie where I get it correctly and Evan doesn't, which is really the only scenario here. Uh, I mean, not the only scenario. Like, Jay could tie only me, scenario et cetera. For a, but that's the only scenario for a playoff or a tie. Yeah. I have one more question. Otherwise, this is the last one. All right. Here we go, Keelan. If you were to get a disc golf tattoo, which legally you could do for years now, which would it be? Do you, by the way, do you have any uh, disc golf uh, or not disc golf? Do you have any tattoos or ink? I do not. Okay. So this would be your first. So if you were to get your first tattoo and it was going to be a disc golf tattoo, what would it be? And here's your options. Which one stands out to you? Single basket. The doink putt, which is going to be a basket and a putter hitting the front rim. Okay. And it's going to be tattooed on you. Um, is it going to be the cartoon? Now, I don't know. You're 23. The Tasmanian devil. Okay. Does that stand out to you? You know what I'm talking about? Okay. He's, he's doing a 360 drive, all right? So Taz is spinning and throwing, all right? Um, or is it going to be a disc golf phrase? So it could be any disc golf phrase you think up, but it's just a phrase, or it could be like grip it and rip it or death putt, right? Like, they're, like it could be any disc golf phrase or like I gave you an example there of a few. Um, or is it the single basket, the doink putt, the cartoon Tasmanian devil 360 drive or disc golf phrase? Which is he choosing? Um, and I believe it's actually going to be Jay first with this one, if I'm not mistaken. So Jay, what tattoo? I have mine written down first of okay. all, just to be clear. This is the backside. Okay, good. <laughs> what tattoo <laughs> or is, is he picking, Jay? Evan actually drew the. You, you're guessing the phrase that he's going to tattoo. That's pretty incredible. We've we've tried that for bonus points before. Yeah, <laughs> go ahead. to get the points, you just have to say phrase. Yeah, yeah. If you I'll think he's going to choose phrase. Yeah, yeah, you can just say phrase. Yeah. Okay, so he's choosing. It's going to be a phrase. Um, I feel like 
Man, this is tough. I feel like it's gonna be a single basket. He's never had disc. He's never had a tattoo before. Maybe he's go all out kind of guy, but could be just simple something on the wrist. I don't know. All right, Nick. I'm gonna say the Tasmanian Devil. All right. Do you know something about him that we don't know? No, I mean. <laughs> All right, Keelan, this is the moment of truth. Uh, wait, oh, you got to do Evan again. Evan again. I'm trying. I exist. I'm trying. He's not to used to doing four people as no, uh, judges. That's okay. But you can end the show and give me the win because I wrote single basket. Oh, dang it. So we... And he did write it down, so he's not playing a yes. game with me. It is what it is, but let's see what happened. Keelan, what's the answer? I chose disc golf freeze. A phrase. Disc golf freeze. <clears throat> so there you go. Well, what would the phrase be? Yeah. yeah. That I do not know yet. <laughs> but it would be a phrase. He's debating. Because if his phrase was going to be single basket, <laughs> then Evan just <laughs> That would be incredible. We, but I, I'll take the L on that question. Good, but good job, Evan. The win overall. We, Jay, have had interesting guests that we've judged over the years. And we had some weird phrases come out. We're like, what's the phrase? And they say something. And you're like, wow. The, the weirdest one was. Uh, grip the, it and rip it. Yeah. The artist, the artist guy, he was like, I want to put it on my neck. Grip it and rip it. And Matt and I were kind of just like, yo, what did we just hear? <laughs> yeah. There was some weird ones over the years. But yeah. Keelan, thank you very much for coming on and being judged. I hope you don't mind being judged by a five-time world putting champion. But we, we know you signed up for this. Anything you want to say before you go? Uh, thank you all for having me. Uh, I definitely enjoyed it. Sweet. All Thanks right. for coming on, Keelan. All right, Keelan. Thank you all. Thanks. Have See a good evening. Well, hopefully that was a little bit of fun. I know it changed it up. It's the long off season. Uh, Nick and I were talking right before the show. We're like, man, we're so close to like some really good, finally back to the competition, being able to talk about really relevant competition news. Mm -hmm. And uh, we're getting close. But people like Jay coming in to talk about things that we didn't know about things that are really mm -hmm. important for disc golf. That's what carries us through this off season. And we thank you very much, Jay, for that. Is there anything that we missed talking about in our wrap out here, or you feel like we covered a lot of good things? What are you thinking? We did. We did. But I do actually have a pretty awesome uh, thing coming up. That is somewhat disc golf related because uh, my little brother plays, Oh, he plays disc golf. Um, he is, uh, has got his, uh, uh, him and his uh, writing, they've been making movies, partners uh, uh, at school, yeah. uh, went to college together. Um, it's amazing. They both have families now and they're partners in the industry in Hollywood. Um, so there's a movie coming out March 10th. It's called 65. This is the um, the Adam Driver movie, right? That he's in it, it. Yeah, I saw you guys all post about that. And I was like, oh, that's insane. I, you know, that's just so cool that your brother does all that. But anyways, keep it's, going. Uh, yes, uh, Adam Driver and uh, Ariana Greenblatt is uh, the young um, actress in it. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's uh, the whole premise is um, uh, Adam Driver is captain of a transport and in space, and uh, all of a sudden a catastrophic crash into a planet that's unknown reveals itself to be Earth, but 65 million years ago. So Whoa. pretty cool. Um, him and Scott wrote uh, the movie uh, Quiet Place. That was kind of their big break. Um, they, they wrote that and it was obviously, uh, uh, you know, turned into a movie there. Um, Wait, your brother, so your was, brother helped write A Quiet Place? 
Co co writer. Yep, him and Scott Beck. Uh, Dude, Beck that's and Woods. That's wild. Those movies are so good. The first and second one. I can tell you guys, I mean, we're, we're 14 years difference, but uh, while I was out throwing footballs and catching and blocking and building forts and blah, 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 <laughs> he was filming everything wow. with his buddies, creating stories, um, always doing stuff like this. And I mean, talk about following your dream and passion from a, from a little guy. We're, we're just all so proud of him because he really has put in his time. Uh, and it's a, it's just an absolute dream come true for him but really for all of us man it's great i mean he gave me a a great video uh doing sound at uh lucas ranch you know so the big yeah. big uh george lucas's ranch that has uh, uh the sky uh or sound village in there and everything like that but he's riding his bike parking his car at the gate riding bike filming like look they've got disc golf here at skywalker ranch you know and i'm just like oh my god how cool is this? So he's he's exposed disc golf to almost everybody that he's worked with. Um, we we would send him discs when he was doing some things for the crew and stuff to play disc golf in between and things like that. So who knows? Maybe we'll see Adam Driver on a driver <laughs> before too long. But uh, it's a, it's super cool, man. I'm so excited. Wow. That's awesome. I, I totally forgot about that until you just brought it up again. But I remember seeing everyone posting about it. And I was like, I, I love watching movies, watching TV shows. It's one of my favorite things to do. And then to hear that he helped write The Quiet Place or A Quiet Place is awesome because I loved the storyline. And I liked how the second one, they kind of flip flopped around. And it, it just super, super cool concepts. And like I said, I, I love watching movies. So absolutely that's really cool man thanks for sharing that uh, and thanks for your time on the show i mean honestly our show is a pretty long podcast but i think you were down for it or else uh you wouldn't have come on <laughs> you knew yeah totally totally and, and because this is a disc golf podcast and we you know we, we went we went to hollywood here i'll give you one more tie-in here um i do want to point out that uh this movie is produced by sam raimi which is spider-man uh franchise and then wow. one of my favorites of all time evil dead unbelievable okay and then the Music soundtrack score is done by none other than Danny Elfman, who, if you don't know him, my age with this incredible 80s band called Oingo Boingo, um, <laughs> you'll know him from creating the soundtrack for The Simpsons and for Nightmare Before Christmas and everything that Tim Burton does. The Wednesday uh, show is all his music. So no just working with some pretty cool things. But I did want to tie in that. Mm -hmm. So when Des and I first started playing, we started running tournaments from the get-go. And, of course, hey, we're going to do a junior division. And, Brian, you're playing. And, Brian, I want you to get, you know, five or ten of your little buddies, and you're going to come out to this tournament. I don't care how much experience you are. We're going to expose you all to disc golf. And, of course, they loved it. So, of course, we'd have them back the next year. And out of all Brian's buddies, his best friend, Matt Schlebach, now a member of Disc, Team Dismania, has two stores in Iowa, Titan Disc Golf in Cedar Rapids and Des Moines. And he is a direct product from us running tournaments and my little brother playing disc golf. So pretty cool full nice. circle there, too. That's awesome. That's cool where it brings you. I mean, just the circle of disc golf in and of itself and the connections that you meet, the people that you meet uh, at this point with all of us traveling around a decent amount. It's just, it's cool where disc golf has taken everyone. Absolutely. 
and my mouth's still watering over that jerky and hot sauce, and I'm trying to wrap the show up so I can run upstairs and get something to satisfy that need. But no, in all seriousness, thank you for coming on and sharing everything that you did. Congratulations with the success with Edge, a 20-year anniversary. Um, the things that you have going on, the jerky, the stories that you have to tell, your time. Thank you for your time on the PDGA committee. Um, on to different and other things as you've been doing. Uh, still involved in a great way. Appreciate that. The investment, I could go on and on. The investment in the junior side, always commenting and reaching out. You've called me. I'm just trying to give you what you deserve. You called me at periods of times, knowing my investment with junior disc golf and trying to get insights that I had. And I was a nobody, but that's the kind of guy Jay is. And we really appreciate it, Jay. Thank mm -hmm. you very much for your time on the show. Good luck out there. We'll be rooting for you, your wife, and all that you got going on there. Yeah, thanks, guys. Uh, at Educational Disc Golf and Edge Disc Golf on Facebook. All right. Awesome. Thank you so much, Jay. We really, really appreciate it. Have a good evening. Guys, keep doing what you're doing. Evan, keep those stats going, man. You guys are <laughs> making a next level thing, man. I'm giving you a hard time, but it's all for everybody to get better, man. And you guys are killing it. <laughs> all right. Always oh, yeah. appreciate it. Thank you so Peace much. Peace out, Jay. Peace. <laughs> um, you had your stat guy, Evan. Is, was his name? Tim or there was someone in the chat that's like that was, was my in? bad. He was like that was my bad. I used the word perfect or something perfect something. So he took credit for yeah, it in yeah, the chat. Yeah, that was Steve. No, he he <laughs> Steve, put together yeah. all those statmus uh stats uh, and made the graphics and so uh, it's a word yeah, maybe game. it wasn't word of the best. We've we've all been there before Absolutely. but like it, it, there's caveats <laughs> to everything. I mean, you saw with the charity show last night where I yeah. the one that sticks out is where I said Paul McBeth, well, it was how many worlds um, worlds playoffs yep. is paul mcbeth been in and it's it, interesting part about how disc golf is where like one it's really cool how we have it's so equitable between men and women but we also have it with all the other fields with it too we have the age protected we have the juniors we have the mm -hmm. amateurs we have the age protected amateur like i just said age protected but there's age protected amateur and age protected pro yes there there's is so many yep. different uh divisions to uh, take care of that sometimes when you make stats you got to make so many qualifiers and so a lot of times when we make stats for the pro scene we really try to cut it off to mpo and fpo um just because it's it, it's easier just because that's what most people are watching and what they're looking for stats for but it of course isn't the only thing we sometimes make stats for all all different parts um all different that's parts an of interesting the sport. point that's so an interesting point like when you're trying to make like a catchy stat you really have to be quick to the point because if i'm going to have a tweet that's going to be like uh like how many um uh, world's uh, playoffs is Paul McBeth and an MPO MPO like that's quick but if I have to do all these qualifiers all the time it's really yeah. hard to do that's a good uh, point and get it under a character limit or get it into a quick sound bite so that way people can hear it so it, you see it all in other sports it's hard to be perfect and always be the most qualifying <laughs> i said the same example with lebron james like he already passed the points record i'm pretty sure he passed the regular season passed, and postseason points yeah record. if it's combined now together going, yeah now he's going for the regular season points record. I think that's what it is. And so like you have all these different stories in different ways. You already have the qualifiers. You do have to kind of share it the best you can. There's always more you can do with it's that. It's a good I mean, point. I think we, we, you don't, you don't, you do ch stat. I'm, I'm stumbling here because you do stat check. Yeah, you do fact check, stat check people who are putting out stats. But if someone was doing it about like the NFL, you know, the NFL's the pro scene. Like, they're not going to be like, oh, like college or high school. Like, if it's an NFL, like tweeting, like, so I kind of yeah, feel like, like the, in, a, in a way, the, like you are the disc golf pro tour tweeting. But then again, there's MPO, FPO, disc golf where it's at right now. It is kind of unique to your point. 
yeah, it, it's a tough place to be in. Um, I will say this in a positive spin to to Jay sharing his info with me, and I thought All it was really positive. cool about the Kavu, <laughs> the Kavu thing, where yeah. that's a, a I I only knew him uh, being a new company sponsoring Mo- Maria Oliva's bag for the first time. Apparently, they've been sponsoring people in the past, like. How how would anyone know that without people yeah, sharing yeah. it? So people sharing it, it, and you know, back then none of them were on social media. I mean, it wasn't even a thing back then. Yeah. So when we talk about the sponsorships that they had back in the day, you can watch the '80s or '90s World Championship, and the whole thing sponsored by Pizza Hut, <laughs> you know, or like Wendy's or Burger King, or, stuff like that. Yeah, like Coca Cola or something. Yeah. Did. Well, dude, Coca Cola needs to get yeah. back in the sport. I but want to be their ambassador right now if anyone in our chat or listening to the show no ricky wasaki christian tatar paul mcbeth no nick dude i will promote coca-cola better out just start wearing it that's how you get just wear it be the coca-cola player and they're like you know what we need to get that guy sponsored to swing back to the point though if like (laughs) if we want these new let's say content creators because uh the nick and macho has been around for what two and a half years now i think this is our third three yeah pushing three years now we just um, finished still our third fairly season new compared to you know uh, i'm gonna say like terry miller producing content since like what the 90s like <laughs> look at nick's uh, face he's surprised <laughs> i was just thinking uh, of how long we've been doing it yeah <laughs> sorry go ahead. um but let's say let's say we're the new uh content creators and like i'll, I'll consider stat mando as a new one uh we got to have something to go off of. We're, we're not creating this out of thin air. Like we're building off of building blocks that have already been built. So if there are things that are like, just not known, you have to share them. If you're from the, let's say the older crowd, I'm not calling you old, but the older crowd who's been here a while, who are the the veterans of sharing cool stuff, you got to share it. You got to be posting all this stuff, all the encyclopedias that all these people have in their brains, the, uh, the J Reddings, the Des Redding, um, terry miller aj risley last night y'all better be just sharing these all the time uh give all these people the cool information that you have stored in do your best you can to do as we're doing our best to share this information to the newer people mm-hmm. even though we're Absolutely. still fairly new yeah and i just did the math on that because nick and i are like how long have we been doing this and yeah. evan the stat man i think got it right it's like it's yeah, just right? under three years i think if we hit like may then it's three years completed so yeah, we're pretty close. Uh, we've done, off. yeah, okay. but we've done over two years worth of episodes because well, we started what, in 2020. Yeah, so then 2020, you can do the math. This is 20 yeah. to 21. This is our, yeah. yeah. I mean, realistically, though, if this is episode to 22, yeah, 22 to 23. So realistically, it's been a three years worth, but not yeah. yeah. Episodes wise, we're not again. Three there's years. a caveat. How do you how do you define it? <laughs> well, we started do you define it by May. episodes, or do you define it by we do, started March. 15th of 2020 which is actually probably you heard my Maybe feelings you just too, count minutes you're on air so <laughs> 120 let's say even you go two hours so 120 240 hours that's what 10 days you guys have only been around for 10 days like you can do this all around for 10 i think days. i have more time put into world warcraft than that <laughs> let's see here if i go look at our soundcloud which is where we host they usually give me some cool stats uh for listening time but i don't know it must be missing. well i guess it. while we're on a little like you know we're coming towards the end of our show but we haven't really talked about any tournaments because there really hasn't been a lot of tournaments but two tournaments that went on this past weekend that i know of off the top of my head was the maricopa open which is out in arizona a lot of the arizona people play that tournament and a lot of people traveling to start the year out west go to the maricopa open i think it was an a tier this year shout out to anthony barella getting first place in it brand new elite team sponsored player with discraft 
Uh, Andrew Marweed getting second place. Uh, he had just won the Shelly Sharp Memorial, got second place at this one. And then Adam Hammes, another Discraft Touring Pro, got third place. So pretty awesome to see that. And then Jennifer Allen and Cap Merch were first and second at Maricopa. But then and Sammy Keddington. Sammy Keddington was third. Is that where you're going? Third. Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. Exactly. But then it, out in California, and because Cupcake's an awesome dude, it's fun to hang out with, kid crushes a mile, Cupcake actually had a come-from-behind victory and won the La Mirada Open with, I think, Luke Sampson coming in second place. Um, off the top of my head, though, I don't remember who won FPO. So if someone remembers, please write it out so I can shout it out. But um, just cool. Two, two tournaments that actually happen a lot, you know, every single year. It's kind of the start of the season for those players, which is, you know, pretty cool. I would love to go play some tournaments out in that neck of the woods this time of year. It's fun. Um, I think the last, I mean, the last round that I played, Evan and I just went out to Meadowbrook Orchards. I got to see some of the new changes there, which was really, really fun. If you are in the Massachusetts area, please check out Meadowbrook Orchards. Such a fun place to play. Dave has been so awesome with designing and creating, not designing, but creating an amazing course for people to go out to. I, I think he's designed a yeah. little bit of it. Yeah, not, he, not the he original might have. I, yeah, I, I know. I know Bob was. I, I guess some one of the main designers of it. Yeah, I'm sure Dave. I'm sure Dave has collabed yeah. in it. He's picking. Up, he's picking up quick. You know, <laughs> he's catching up to. He's catching up to me. You know, yeah. not quite your level, Nick. <laughs> but uh, I want to swing it back to the Maricopa Open, though. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I really want to make a, a note about jen allen uh winning an fbo over cat mersh this time last time she beat maria oliva she's just like picking off these uh upcoming i don't want to say upcoming because they're already the young there bloods. but upcoming stars young guns and fbo she's there just like nah i have fp40 major titles but i'm gonna beat you in fbo still which is really cool um are, are we doing stat or fiction or should i just drop some of the stats that drop the stats drop a couple because we're running down right. the last minutes um yeah, uh, Jen Allen, uh, she's eligible for FP40. She has won multiple FPO, uh, FP40 majors. She has six times as many FPO wins since she started playing FP40. Uh, that is since the start of 2020. She has 24 FPO wins compared to six FP40 uh, wins in that time, which uh, that's mind blowing. You, you think of her winning these FP, FP40 majors, but she's still cleaning up in uh, FPO. Um, and Andrew Marweed, he's on a five uh, event podium streak so Ooh, although he didn't pick him. up the win he picked up the win last week mm -hmm. my statter fiction was that was that pretty much his longest streak of his career gotcha. but that's not true he's he's had some sixes some uh, one up to nine uh so he he has done better well longer podium streaks in the past but yeah of course anthony brella taking it down uh in mpo as he got to which is really cool he's been dominating these arizona preseason events for the last few years yeah excited excited to see Anthony kind of getting into stride with things. It's always the fun turnaround going into a new bag sponsorship or a new disc manufacturer sponsorship and just seeing how the players are going to do with it. It's, it's just really fun. I, I cannot wait for the disc golf season to start up. I've had my disc golf network subscription rolling over the last few years. And so I just can't wait to watch Vegas and everything like that and really get the season back underway. So we've made Matt, it to anything the, end of the show. I'm hearing intern Ben rapping in my head. It's the Nick and Matt show. Bring your bros. He was remember that? That was awesome. Yeah. So no, we made it to the end. Uh it's I feel like it's been a while, but it's just two days ago we did the trivia yeah. show and then Nick 
last week you were in studio. You're yep. going to be here a few more times, but go ahead and close this out, man. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to episode 124 tonight. I had an awesome guest of Jay Yeti Redding, one of the coolest players out in disc golf, um, and just doing incredible things with the Edge Disc Golf Program. Look for any disc golf charity or any charity in general and look at what you can do to contribute and help them out. Uh, it's such an awesome feeling. Evan Statmando, thank you guys for running that on Saturday night. But once again, thank you everybody for tuning in on episode 124. Don't forget to like, comment, subscribe on the YouTube channel. Check us out on all your favorite podcast platforms. We'll see you next Monday. Tell someone you love them. That's right. Nick, you're awesome. Evan, you're awesome. Ben, we'll see you soon. Peace out, everybody. The Nick and Matt Show, a disc golf podcast designed for you, the disc golfer. Find the Nick and Matt Show on your favorite podcast platforms or join the conversation live on YouTube.